people think about recommendation engines, they normally think about high volume consumer areas. Uh, Netflix is a recommendation engine. Just a tremendous number of people use Netflix to watch films and entertain themselves. Amazon is a recommendation engine, uh, but travel is another big area for recommendation. Uh, and this week on the AI and Industry podcast, we interview Madhu Gonipathan, who is a vice president of data science at Make My Trip. Now, Make My Trip is one of the few Indian unicorn companies. Uh, we went to their Bangalore office during uh, my travels and some speaking engagements in, in India and in the Bangalore area, and spoke with Madhu one-to-one in their office about how recommendation engines work. They have a big matching problem at Make My Trip. Uh, they have to find people who they may or may not know very much about, and they have to figure out what are going to be the best locations for them to potentially stay uh, when they go to a certain location. So if they understand a user, they know a user well, and maybe it's a frequent business traveler going to a location that he or she has been to many times before, they may know the few hotels that they like most, uh, and they may be able to suggest those immediately. But for a user that they don't know much about at all, for example, what if all they know is that it's somebody in an internet cafe in Mumbai? Or what if all they know that it's somebody with an iPhone who is somewhere in the Bangalore area, uh, and they're looking to go to Uh, let's say Europe or Paris or something. What sorts of proxies, what sorts of estimation, what sorts of guesses, uh, for lack of better terms, very informed, machine learning informed guesses, uh, does a recommendation engine start with to find a user the right match for them. And as it turns out, there are principles at work here. There's basic methodologies at work. And in fact, sometimes there's go-to strategies when the data doesn't exist that often are a great way to get started, even if we don't have the information we need to inform a decision uh, with AI, there's often some sort of shortcuts, so to speak, uh, to be able to sort of proxy our way to a, a good decision earlier on. And Madhu does go into some of the nitty gritty of how recommendation engines really work and how they're built and what kind of principles they're built upon. I think for anybody who is in the consumer space, uh, is dealing with a lot of traffic and is dealing with presenting people with the right kind of information, whether that's media on a big media site or a, a large blog of some kind, whether that's B2C sort of retail, whether in the physical or in the online space, I think that this interview should be informative in terms of getting an understanding of what kinds of data is necessary, what sort of strategies are put in place to make sure we match people immediately with what they came here for, whether that's products, content, or whatever else. So without further ado, I'm Dan Fagella, and this is AI in Industry, and here we go with Madhu Gonapathan with Make My Trip. Yeah, Madhu, I think maybe the first place to start, you had mentioned something off microphone that whenever there's a lot of selection of something, there has to be some ranking, there has to be some recommendation. Nobody wants to look at 3,000 things, Bangalore, thousands of hotels. How do you explain to business people how that complex recommendation problem works, how it's solved? Yeah, so let's think about it as a matching problem, right? On one side, we have consumers, and the other side, we have items, in this case, hotels. So from my historical data, if I can understand and extract customer preferences, right? Mm -hmm. Which customers prefer what kind of hotels? And the preference now, you know, you might think customer is a single entity, but there's a lot of information that we get from customers 
in terms of their device type, you know, their yeah. mobile circle, you know, their past history, people like their past history and so on, right? So there's a lot of information that we get. And it's a question of how can we utilize this information and match it to, you know, the relevant hotels. For example, somebody with a top-end iOS device, the probability of them booking a, a four or five-star hotel is probably much higher than, you know, somebody with a low-end Android device. A very simple example. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that's one example of one factor helping us to map it to the right set of hotels. But then there are so many others, right? Whether it's a weekday you're booking, whether you're booking for, you know, multiple two adults, or whether the length of the stay, you know, there's so many factors that we get, the customer that gives information when they're searching. And that helps us to narrow down to a pretty reliable uh, selection. And then we constantly monitor and improve this. So we take a stab at it, continue improving it, and then we've seen great success with that. It has to be a breathing system, obviously. I mean, things are changing. There's new iOS devices, new whatever. Absolutely. Um, so New hotels coming yeah, up. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. So, yeah, it couldn't ever be static. And, of course, you can measure your success, as you had mentioned, by conversion rate. If we're mm-hmm. showing the right hotels, people are booking them. To that point, I imagine there's some circumstances where you have more data than other circumstances. Some guy or gal, you might only know what device they're on and where they're accessing the Internet from. Other people might have an account user login account. We've seen their travel for the last eight months. It seems as though you have to say, okay, given the limited or excessive amount of information about this user and what behaviors they just did, what do we want to present them? So you have to have a model, obviously, that's going to work for a robust amount of data and a limited. So if all we know is iOS and you're accessing from the middle of you know Mumbai, then you know we have to have a first guess of the hotels in this location for you, right? Correct, correct. So the principle is that the more information you have, perhaps you can more reliably narrow down. But in some cases, when you have less information, you can pull that information with people who have a similar profile, right? Mm -hmm. So you can work on two different axes. One is the customer with a lot of information. You know, he's a regular customer of ours. You know, he probably goes regularly to a certain hotel, Mm -hmm. you know, every week, maybe on business travel. So it's easy to pin down. But it's a first-time customer. And like you said, it's only iOS device. But then, you know, maybe there are preferences of people like that on that iOS device, what they have purchased with that query context, right? Maybe they are going for a weekend trip, Yeah. right? So there is always some information you get. Yeah, see, if I'm not mistaken, the Netflixes and the Spotify's of the world have to solve a similar problem. We say, all right, well, you've just showed up. All I know is these limited things. However, you know, for you guys, just to make sure I'm on the right page, okay, we have the newest iPhone, and you're in this ritzy part of Mumbai, and you're going to this place like Goa, is that like this fancy (laughs) word? (laughs) Where it's like very nice or whatever. You know, we might have enough users with those devices from that part of Mumbai who've gone here on a weekend to kind of guess probably Mm -hmm. that this is where you're likely to gonna stay because we have customers that are robust that fit those criteria. And so you map as much as you can, is that right? Correct. So, and then it's always a common thing in machine learning that there is always popularity that works irrespective of, you know, whatever other signals you added, right? So in case you have no information from the customer, you can recommend the popular hotels in that city. Right? Okay. So that's what you would expect. As a, yeah. you know, if you don't have any of these fancy techniques, yeah. what will reliably work is always recommend the popular ones. Oh, that's cool. So there's a, there's a backup default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The backup default isn't, well, I guess I'll list out 3,000 of them in alphabetical order. The backup default is still popularity. So that makes sense. And there are uh, kind of nuances to this. 
we found that you know in a city itself the popularity varies by when people actually want to you know check in right because the weekend popular hotels may be different from weekday hotels right because their usage might be different maybe people are traveling on business so weekdays they prefer certain neighborhoods certain hotels whereas weekends is more of a different kind of hotels different neighborhoods mm-hmm. so there are again you know other conditions along this like time of the day of the booking you know when they want to check in how many people so these all are clues to figuring out the right defaults even if you don't have a lot of customers that's actually kind of opens up a, another question around this newer location so let's say there's some city where you just haven't had a lot of business historically but it's developing a lot and there's more and more people going there and you have to figure out you know what to recommend in a place where there's sparse information about user data in that space you know roughly speaking what does that process have to look like to flesh that out and to start to get proper answers in a place where we don't have millions of bookings every month or whatever? Right. This strategy has been popularized in the ads world. This is generally called as a trade-off between exploration and exploitation, right? So this whole class of algorithms called multi-embedded algorithms. So which is kind of what you do in your, you know, when you face an unknown situation, right? You typically try and do some exploration yeah and you know also do some exploitation you know if you know that this certain thing will work yeah. i think this problem originated from the casinos where you yep. know you're going to uh, in las vegas right yeah. you know you're not going to stick on to one slot machine yeah. you'll probably play different ones and yeah. you'll try and experiment <laughs> but if you find a good one maybe you'll try and play it some more times yeah. right so we apply a similar thing in that you know some hotels we know by trying out their uh, show for winners but we always keep trying out new things so that you know we can try and balance this exploration exploitation trade what you're getting at is like you'll know enough about a certain number of kinds of hotels and then maybe you know you'll recommend them more frequently because you've matched them successfully more often and then kind of gradually expose newer things and then see which ones catch and then there's some sort of a rollout process of that right where the experimentation happens through some statistical ratio until there's a degree of comfort or confirmation where it becomes part of the broader model is that correct correct okay so i think you can think of it as you know kind of how do you find uh, new players in a league right you probably want to give them a chance and give them some number of chances and then evaluate with similar groups of people who have got the same number of chances and see you know which are likely to be winners then you promote them to the kind of next round in the league so to say so that could be one way to think about it. That's a good way to think about it, actually. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard it articulated that way. The second question, which will be our last question, maybe another seven minutes or something, is around where this is going. There's a lot of talk, actually, around mobile-first societies. You know, India is now, everybody's like a smartphone. I mean, there's so many more people with a smartphone here than the United States are closing the gap on that or whatever. And there's going to be future ways where maybe recommendation can be better, can be faster, can be easier and a company like yours lives on that what do you see as where recommendations will improve as the technology improves as ai progresses what will that mean for recommendations what are examples there well i think one is actually you know collecting more information about people about customers about hotels for example as the integration with hotels becomes stronger and stronger we collect more information of course we also you know try to collect information from customers by incentivizing them for you know getting reviews stuff like that right people could contribute a lot more content to us by you know images videos now with machine learning you know gaining more traction that that also becomes useful source of data 
for us to you know gather more and and maybe give more recommendations on you know pictorially you know show the hotel right yeah. so so there are various avenues to improving that process yes so more information so for example i mean i'm thinking just off the bat right now you might know the address the number of rooms whatever you know about hotels maybe there's another two times as much information maybe there's there's also all kinds of things about like what's the company that does the cleaning and facilities management and like maybe there's some slight correlation to like improved experience by like companies that are cleaned and managed by like other firms or something like you said image data maybe if you have enough picture flow coming in and there's a way to kind of score and understand cleanliness of lobbies or of bathrooms based on pictures you can look at maybe that flow and have some way to just integrate that automatically to give it a little bit of a higher lower rating is this where you're referring yeah to? so so two aspects one we've already done some work on understanding so this area called aspect based sentiment analysis so typically earlier you know reviews were primarily you know people just used to look at the average rating on review now that's a very gross measure right so what we've done is we've gone one level deeper into that because people might reviews like hotel is great but food is not so good so now they're talking about some aspects they are giving a very positive evaluation and on some other aspects they are not giving a good evaluation right so this is useful to understand we can extract these dimensions from the text data which people express as reviews we score hotels along a various number of these dimensions and when you aggregate this data from multiple reviewers this can be used to aid the discovery process for people who are let's say family traveler they're probably more interested in you know swimming pool and food and access to the beach whereas maybe the business traveler is maybe more interested in the gym and you know the hotels nearby or the wifi you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah right the customer interests vary on these aspects so if we can understand these aspects then we can expose the right aspects to customers and this can also be useful for the hoteliers because they can see on what aspects customers are complaining about yeah right so i can then you know improve on those aspects if i care about those customer segments right which i should naturally as a hotelier we as somebody in the middle we can try and help our customers as well as our partners by you know using this information that's important as a marketplace right this is a podcast for people in business you're in business to not just help consumers of course but you're connecting them with places to stay you know having a great experience for both sides of the platform is critical not only could you potentially have an even better more nuanced recommendation if you say what do all the other weekday business travelers say like maybe they don't care about the pool cuz none of them use it and so that's not part of our review of this so for you you're going to get reviewed on the things that you and or the business users like you are into but you can also say hey guys you are getting people complaining about these things but it's only actually from these segments so if you find a way to know if somebody's here on business you might want to avoid this much more than you normally do maybe that would be like a value add to the hotel is that kind of what you were saying correct, 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 okay correct. and i guess in closing you know because i know we talked about this off microphone for a second you folks are moving into chat now and thinking about voice that this could be a bit of a future of how recommendations could be better faster easier simpler if you have to kind of nutshell i guess where whether it's chat or voice kind of plays a role where you folks maybe hope it will move into as ai develops the technology develops what's the vision there because this is clearly a forward looking company what does that look like we're already trialing the chatbot on whatsapp and of course you know kind of putting it on our app as well so the idea here is that 
for a lot of the post-sale services in travel, check the status for booking or to get, you know, my you know, e-ticket again, yeah. or maybe, you know, I want to change my dates and so on, you know, chat is great. But in a country like India, you know, chat is only useful or rather relevant for one segment of the population. There's probably a much larger population who's much more comfortable with, you know, natural language, with voice as the primary medium, right? So how can we help them as well? So that is where we are actually investigating and looking at building voice models and you know partnering with others as well. And clearly we are walking down this path to see how we can engage with customers on purely voice channels and also leverage whatever we are building in terms of recommendation, ranking and so on to bring to bear on those channels, right? For example, you know, instead of giving a 10-page list of hotels, maybe we can suggest three hotels to customers on a voice channel, ask them a question, would they want this, you know, in this particular location, and we can have a conversation and then try and help them to book the right hotel. So transferring the same kind of richer data that hopefully we'll be collecting in the future through new mediums in the future, in your case, and particularly in a country like India, hopefully opening up maybe a whole new market. People who've never typed in variants of their query and entered a credit card and all that, but who eventually do get a phone, maybe they just be much more comfortable saying, I need to go to this place on this weekend and, you know, what's the best deal? Um, and you'd be able to pull that in. Cool. I think it's safe to say that, you know, where exactly voice is going to catch on with consumer. Like Alexa has some use cases, right? I think that's a bigger success story than maybe people would have assumed just thinking about what they were trying to break into. Google's going into the same domain. It seems like that'll probably involve a pretty good amount of experimentation to see how to get that to click. Huh? That's a big challenge, I imagine. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So it's a early stage still, a lot of trial and error required. Yeah. But it's clearly an investment for the future in terms of, you know, so we're playing the, you know, it's a long game. Yeah. And we want to, you know, put it out and see how people adopt it, which are the right use cases. So the advantage is we are on multiple channels, whether it's WhatsApp or whether it's our app or the web. And, you know, voice is definitely the next channel to look at. You know, let's see what clicks. Yeah, big time. Cool. Well, that's all that we have, Madhu. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, most of our podcast listeners get our, the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. Uh, I'm Dan Figella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you.